Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi. And you are listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. And tonight's episode is on sacred sex rituals. Getting into the rituals of sexuality and even other types of rituals. You came up with the topic, Paul. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Sure thing. So the reason I was wanting to do this topic tonight is because ritual has been a very important part of the training that I've done with you. I know that I've mentioned on the show before how when I started training under you, I had come to this place in my life where I had been a very spiritual person, but my spirituality was kind of waning. The reason that I feel a lot stronger in my spirituality now than I did before we started our training is because you naturally add a lot of ritual into the work that we do, our, our, our workings, as, as we call them. As I did the rituals for the workings that we do as as part of my training, I started getting back into the swing of 
the importance of ritual in my life. It's also important, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is that ritual has become very important in my regular life, in my day-to-day life, because I, I have a hard time staying focused on tasks and doing daily things as I'm supposed to. Ritual has become important both in my spiritual life, but also in my everyday life. It keeps me on track. It keeps me grounded in a way, you know? It, it's been very, very good for me. Yeah, for me, I've been doing rituals being pagan and pagan for many, many years. Ritual's a very p- powerful part of my life. It's through ritual that we develop a sense of the sacred and the spiritual paths. And I know that for me, I've been going to pagan rituals, both formal ones and less formal ones, for most of my adult life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they've had a huge impact on my life. I think there's something very magical about ritual that really gets us into the right headspace, especially the more we practice different rituals, it becomes a trigger for us. Mm -hmm. It becomes a way to change our consciousness. Oh, yeah. And become more in tune with the magical world and be able to get out of our more mundane mindsets. (laughs) Yeah, I know that... um one of the big changes for me when I started training under you and started doing rituals with you is I had been exposed to all sorts of rituals when I was younger. You know, my mom was pagan, but all of the rituals I had partaken of when I was younger, they were high rituals with people who thought they knew everything and, you know, were practicing things in just such a way and everything had to be just so. And if if, if you messed up any part of the ritual, then the, the ritual was just ruined and it kind of turned me off of that. But when I started practicing with you, you helped me realize that a ritual can be anything. Anything that you do repetitively and with intention to bring about a certain thing is a ritual. It it really doesn't matter what the basis of that ritual is, where the roots of it come from, and it's powerful to bring some of these old rituals into your own ritual life. But by staying so dogmatic with it, it starves the wonder out of it. I'm glad you brought up the whole concept of intention, because I once had a shaman come up and tell me, he said, you can do a ritual perfectly, and it can come out all wrong if you don't have the right intention, and if it's not coming from your heart. You can also do a ritual and have Everything mess up in the ritual, but as long as your intention is coming from your heart, it'll work. And I thought those were very 
wise words because I'd been mm-hmm. to a lot of those formal, dogmatic, <laughs> precision rituals where everything has to be perfect. And and I, I do more of a laid-back type ritual mm-hmm. in my life. But whatever type, and I don't want to get down on people that are into really the more structured rituals mm-hmm. because those have a place and function. And they serve a lot of people. A lot of people are into that. And if you're into it, great. <laughs> but I do know that what is truly important is the intention that you said, and then it comes from your heart. Oh, I I agree. And I also have a, a great many friends who are pagan, who have studied heavily and take a lot of time to make sure that the ritual that they're doing honors the various paths that that they honor and and they they dot every i and they cross every t and i i agree for some people that works very well i i was just speaking from the experience of a 12 year old kid oh yeah entering <laughs> these heavily structured rituals and the reason it turned me off against the whole idea of them. Yeah. But I think it's good to mention that because as adults, sometimes we get too serious (laughs) about life, about rituals. And oftentimes in temples, uh, in Aphrodite's temple, I'll run rituals that are playful and bring out the inner child Mm -hmm. to explore, to play. And I think having that element helps open people up more. Mm -hmm. And it helps people put away the mundane, the seriousness of life and open up to new spiritual adventures and explorations. Oh, yeah. And I think one of the things that has been very powerful for me is learning how to create and build my own rituals by my own rules as a joint, organic building thing that you and I do. Because a lot of the the rituals that we have wound up building into our practice just kind of organically came to be more so than either of us sat down and decided on the ritual. And I think that has to do with the nature of our rituals. We do a lot of sex magic work, and we do a lot of sex rituals. You won't find that at most pagan events, unless you come to Aphrodite's (laughs) temple. (laughs) Usually the rituals are more structured or well actually they put on some pretty playful ones too but they're on a whole different arena Mm -hmm. yeah definitely when i go to the pagan festivals i always like to attend Mm -hmm. some of the rituals especially the main ritual Mm -hmm. because they can be very powerful and it's part of the organization it's part of the oh definitely supporting the community and I think that's the other side of ritual, whether it's a community of two or three or a community of hundreds. Ritual is something that really unites and 
bonds a community, I think. Well, I think in ancient days, in, in the ancient cultures, a lot of times rituals got formed and then passed down from generation to generation to generation and slowly evolved over time but had that basis in the original intent. And I, I find it really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, what are some of the rituals we've done that have been extremely powerful for you? Would you like to share some of those? Oh, definitely. So I know that one of the, the most powerful rituals that has uh, touched me recently is recently you've had me start helping you with your morning affirmations. And I know on the show we've talked a lot about how we both do daily affirmations. I do mine at night, you do yours in the morning. A few months ago you had me start helping you uh, to raise your sexual energy to do your morning sexual affirmations. And that has been a very powerful experience to me. And also, on a similar but different note, there's a different ritual that happens when you are giving me a punishment. Mm-hmm. That's a completely different animal, but it feels... It, it it's very bonding. It's very strong. It really helps to cement the meaning and the, the focus because uh, during a punishment, there is some way that you see that my behavior is slipping in ways that aren't good for me. It, it's not about you. It's not about you know, how this affects you. It's how it affects me in my life. And there's something in my behavior that you want to shape and change. And I think that that's something that needs proper attention and proper intention to do correctly because it's something that if you did it wrong could be very bad to me but it's never happened that way because you go into it with this proper intention and the proper attention to detail to it one of the things that I know that affects it a lot for me is you never go into a punishment in anger you never are are lashing out with me at me And even though you are giving me a punishment, and even though sometimes those punishments can be really intense, it's all with intention, and it's all with a a, a proper grasp of all of the moving parts that are, are at play, and you never lose control. You are always entirely in control of what you're doing, which helps me to accept it and understand it and absorb it and, and, and learn the lessons that I need to learn. Mm-hmm. For me, and I go through kind of a process when I do your punishments. For me, it's really about first having you 
name the offense. Mm -hmm. And then after the punishment, we go through a process of how can I make amends? Mm -hmm. I never ask you for forgiveness or Mm -hmm. for apologies, but how can you change your behavior? And that's what making amends means to me, Mm -hmm. is how can you improve? Mm -hmm. And I I think that you're leaving out a, a key step. Yeah. And that is that before you have me say aloud my offense, you have me sit and meditate mm-hmm. and focus on my altar and think about what I have done and, and the offense that I have made and really mull it over and really like internalize where I need to grow in my life. And sometimes there, it's an offense because it needs change, but sometimes it's a very subtle change that I need to make, it, especially these days. Before, there was a lot more broad things that I, I needed work with, and now we're to the point where it's more fine-tuning. And also, we're coming against some of like the, the fiddly bits that are things that I'm naturally not good at that still need work, but your understanding of that this is a a place that I have a natural blockage and things like that. And so it's it's more fine-tuning. And this is one of the ways that the ritual has helped a lot because when you needed to do more broad strokes and needed to help me change bigger parts of my life and get things more into control than I had, that was my learning period. And now when we're fine-tuning and tweaking, things that I get a punishment for now, if I had gotten a punishment for these things in the beginning of my training, it would have felt like you were being unreasonable. But now that you've given me the time to learn the lessons that I've already learned, you can start to fine-tune things and tweak things here and there. And I would like to go back even a little further. And part of what I identified through the BDSM interest evaluation and through some other just asking questions of Paul was, what are areas you want to improve in your life? Oh, yeah. And I identified his goals, not mm. my goals for him. Yeah, yeah. No, and I no. think that's an important oh, part of the process. It's a really weird thing to, to talk about because here we are two years into the process. And, you know, that's what I mean when I mentioned earlier that uh, the rituals that you and I do have really grown over time and have really organically grown because yeah you 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 did so much groundwork in the beginning to figure out where I am I was and where I wanted to be and one of the things I've always appreciated about you as a dom is that you never wanted to make me into the form that you saw fit. 
you always wanted to make me into the version of me that I would most want to be. Yeah. <laughs> and what benefits have you gotten from some of the rituals and from the training that's helped you? Through the workings that we've done throughout my training, I have gained so much clarity about who I am and what I am. And I, I used to be the kind of person... I was only thinking maybe for the next two weeks. I, I never really was projecting very much further than the next two weeks on where I wanted to go and what I wanted to be. I, was, I used to feel like I was living in the moment, but I, I had gotten over that delusion before I, before I started training under you. I was just kind of trying to juggle things as best as I could, and my life was kind of falling apart when I started training under you. I don't think that I articulated that exact, but I articulated enough for you to understand that I was kind of a lost lamb that needed some guidance. And... So you started asking me probing questions about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And sometimes the answer was, I don't know. And you accepted that. But you kept on probing and you kept on searching and you helped me slowly come to understand what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And you've helped me get there and I'm not all the way there yet. I'm still I'm still searching and I probably always will be to some extent. But I am on a much better trajectory than I was by miles, by leaps and bounds mm-hmm. when we started. Mm-hmm. I think for me one of the things that I discovered long ago is that this is a process. It doesn't have an end destination. And there are times when you reach certain goals and reach certain achievements that are really amazing and powerful, but it's an ongoing process, which is a good thing. I love the process of life. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I thought, oh, I've got to strive to accomplish this goal, and then I'd accomplish it, and then move on to the next goal. And I never took time to really fully appreciate my achievements. Mm-hmm. And by developing this process, through the process, I learned to value the journey as well as the achievements. Mm-hmm. And I think I realized when I graduated from my master's program, I thought, what a letdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was a few days after, but I thought I thought I was supposed to live happily ever after, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, I'd accomplish this amazing achievement, mm-hmm. and it, I somehow felt let down. Mm-hmm. It you know it just seemed so momentary the graduation ceremonies, the, mm-hmm. the and then it was like, oh now a whole new adventure starts. <laughs> yeah. 
And I realized that life is a process. It's not just the achievement of a goal mm -hmm. or big goals. <laughs> and I think that's another thing that ritual kind of helps teach us mm -hmm. is that it is a process. So one of the things that I think that ritual is best for, and I mentioned it earlier, is this sense of grounding, the sense of bringing you back not only into yourself, but back down to earth. I, I'm the kind of person that if I, if I truly let myself be untethered, I, I would be in the ethers. I would be, and you're the same way. <laughs> I know that you're the same way. That just completely, you know, without any tethers, just completely out in the ethers, completely wild and unkempt. And there's something about that energy that is appealing, but at the same time, it's not very conducive to the day-to-day -day life and to living. And for me, the, the, the feeling of grounding is taking several breaths and feeling here in my body and not wanting to be anywhere else than this moment right here and just being and existing and I don't need to think about the the grand cosmic questions of why and how and and let the the monkey mind that just churns forever just da, 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 like just let all of that go and i think that ritual helps me bring myself back to the here and now and the, the this moment and i think that that's very very powerful especially for people who have a hard time with that I think what you're describing is, and this happens in ritual, is it helps us become more mindful of the present and be more present. And it helps us be more focused on the here and now. And be more in tune with the people around us and the environment around us. It taps into our intuitive side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got another question for you. Okay. What spiritual experiences have you experienced through ritual? And how would you describe that? So, I remember, and I'm sure you remember this time. It was probably around a year ago. It was when one of the things that we were really focusing on was breathing and you just had me start breathing and I started breathing and I started breathing deeply and we were it it was kind of a spontaneous ritual that you had me do and then I was breathing and I was breathing and I was breathing and then all of a sudden this like complete I like I almost went into a trance and I kind of started to leave my body. And 
all of a sudden I felt this energy like I kind of felt shook in a way in a way that made me like take notice and I remember this voice coming to me that said like hey I'm here I've never gone away I've been right here the whole time and it it really went to my core because that voice was this thing inside of me that I thought I had lost a long time ago because I used when I was younger I I felt all of this love and I loved so purely and deeply and um I I I felt like so like what I had come to understand that night was that part of me that loved everything and everyone with this strong intensity that I thought that I had lost it was still in me I had just over extended it and it had to kind of go within but it was through this ritual that I became reacquainted with it and ever since then it's been a part of me again I can't like I can't be the way that I used to be because I really was it's hard to explain like how I overextended myself through loving too deeply, but I really did. But like I, I've found that energy again and I can tap into it whenever I want to. And I do regularly and it has really opened up my life in a way. I just have to be a little more reserved with it and a little more careful with it. Because the the way that I loved was crazy, was unhealthy in in lots of ways. It, and I think you learned to set some healthy boundaries. <laughs> exactly. And that's so important in this process. And I think that's also what ritual does. It sets healthy boundaries around us. Mm-hmm. When you do ritual, or when I do ritual, I set up a container, mm-hmm. a, a safe space. A sacred space, mm-hmm. however you want to call it or name it, but it's basically creating a safe environment where you can come out of the mundane and be mm-hmm. fully yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that is very powerful about ritual is that it has a beginning and an end. So you can go into states that you couldn't sustain forever, but because the ritual has an end, that state that you bring up inside of yourself, it ends when the ritual ends. Or, you know, dissipates over time slowly, depending on the ritual and how you do it. Uh, But... Because the ritual has an end, you can do things in ritual that you can't sustain, 
by the nature of what you're doing. And I think that that is powerful. Oh, yeah. And part of that, there's a word for it. It's bringing closure. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of times when you don't have good closure, you're kind of left hanging. <laughs> and that's what I like about well-designed ritual is that it does bring some closure to the journey you just went on. And once you bring closure, it's like it's very balancing within us mm -hmm. to experience that closure and, and kind of go, wow, I just had an incredible experience. <laughs> and you can reflect on it, but, but by bringing that closure, you kind of center in yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's about time for station break already. Time flies. <laughs> so here we are at the station break, and I'd like to remind everyone to come and visit our website at ravenslayerleather.com. On our website, you can find a plethora of different training programs. If you enjoy the the uh, sex programming that you, you hear in the podcast and want to get a, a better hold on your, your sex life, uh, we have a number of different programs that can help teach you to become a better lover, to get more in tune with your body, to get more okay with your body. And speaking of getting more okay with your body, featured on our main page is the body image healing training. And that's very, very good. I suggest everyone goes through it. Yeah, it, it, it's not very expensive. And for what you get, it's a really big deal. And it would help us to be able to continue to bring you the quality sex education that we bring you. If you want to support us in other ways, on our website you can find the link to our Patreon, and there you can become a donor. You can donate $1 a month, $5 a month, 10 15 as much as you would like to. And that would really help us to continue to do what we're doing here. And we we do this from a place of joy, and we love bringing this to you. But we got to keep the lights on somehow. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to throw in, on top of the body image healing training, mm -hmm. there's two bonus packages. So check it out. Support for Adult Bedtime Stories is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Mm -hmm. You do want to take good care of those family jewels. <laughs> I know I take good care of mine. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This third-generation Manscaped trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. And we don't want any of those. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Oh. 
millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. And mm-hmm. speaking of nicking balls, you said you had kind of a scary story. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm almost scared to hear this. <laughs> so, yeah, um, about three years ago, I was wanting to clean myself up to go out to one of the festivals that we do, Flipside. And I was really excited to have people, you know, I run around naked all the time out there. And I wanted to be at my best. And so I decided to shave. And unfortunately, I was very bushy at the time. And the only trimmer I had available was a dog hair groomer, which had a very wide blade. So I was trying to be careful, but I completely cut the shit out of myself. And not o- <laughs> not only did it it not look good, but it, it looked... It, it wasn't a cut, though. It, it just was abraded and weird. It looked like there was some kind of problem with my genitals. And I couldn't be naked for all of Flipside because I was so afraid that people would think something. Oh, my. Oh, oh that just hurts thinking about it. Well, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be neck free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And we don't like those. I mean, I know me with my hand trimmers. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I do want to say a little note here. I know some men and women like to be bushy. And I love the bush. But for me personally, I like myself shaved. Oh, I know. (laughs) But anyway, when I tell you that this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quick stroke technology. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BEDTIME at manscaped.com. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. Be sure to get that 20% off plus free shipping with the code BEDTIME. And you have to put in the code BEDTIME at manscaped.com. If you're listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that beautiful phallus (laughs) with safety 
and precision. <laughs> what are some of the benefits you've experienced from personal trimming down below? <laughs> so I know that a lot of the things that you've taught me are about the really gentle, fine touch and some of the tantric techniques that we practice really focus on kind of working around your entire genital area and using very feathery, fine touch. And you you get that a lot, that comes through a lot more when you are groomed well. Mm-hmm. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEDTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BEDTIME. I think one of the benefits I get out of the down below trimming and grooming is that with the days of safer sex and having to use condoms, taking them off could be painful when there's mm-hmm. a bush. <laughs> it would pluck hairs, and I didn't like that. So that's when I really started shaving the most was mm-hmm. when we had to play safer mm-hmm. and I had to wear condoms all the time. And I always hated removing the condom and having hair get caught up in it. So that's right. Manscaped is offering bedtime listeners, listeners to our show, 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code bedtime. I did want to talk a little bit about Raymond Sayer for a moment more before we return to our programming. One of the things I've been working on is doing screencasts, training videos, and I even got certified in in screencasting. And so I've really, I've been able to add in closed captions to the new screencast videos that I'm producing takes time and so I'm redoing all the old videos and I just wanted to let the audience know that more is coming soon but right now there's only a few that I've completely redone and those are available now at ravenslayerleather.com and so back to our topic on sex magic rituals I'd like to kind of get into the spiritual side and the sex magic side of ritual. Mm -hmm. I know that I've experienced some very powerful rituals in sex magic and even incorporated some, I kind of sometimes combine sex magic ritual and performance art, Mm -hmm. which can be a very amazing process because Mm -hmm. it gets the whole audience involved in it you were present when i did my lady boy gg performance of really kind of reshaping the energy of the world through a sex magic ritual and bringing more positivity to sex magic i know oftentimes a lot of men call their genitals junk or other derogatory terms And a lot of women call their genitals by derogatory terms. And one of the things that I've 
experience, and I don't take this like real hardcore or anything, but I do find that when there is a power in naming, and when we name something, I like to put something special into the name. And I call my cock and balls my little clitty cock. Mm-hmm. It's a hermaphrodite cock. Mm-hmm. And that's very empowering. Mm-hmm. And I know some men have come up with names for their cocks that are really amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bring this up because, in part, naming and reclaiming is a type of ritual. Mm-hmm. And it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your experiences with ritual and sex magic? I remember one of the really powerful rituals that you and me did was when we were working through my sexual trauma and you did a CBT uh, scene with me where you placed needles through the head of my cock and I had to name a name of different people who had caused me trauma that had hurt me in ways as a cathartic way to let go of those things that were holding me back sexually. And that was very, very powerful for me. That was the first time you had ever done needle play on me. Mm-hmm. Um, which you already knew I was excited about. I was, oh yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I had been chomping in the at the bit for for that for a while, and you told me it was coming, and it happened at the exact perfect time, and I remember as I went through that experience, the feelings were so deep inside of me. It sounds like it brought a lot of healing. It did. It brought so much healing to me. It was really interesting to me because I thought the healing would happen all at once, but it didn't. It happened over time, but that was the tipping point to where like all of the those things started to to collapse and cascade down and and really really change and it it was really really powerful i i think that if i had gone through the amount of change that happened through that in a in a single night i it would have been too much for me i think that's why it took a while for Mm -hmm. it to really coalesce and i think one of the reasons i'm bringing that up is if you ever go through a ritual and you you feel like, oh, it, it didn't do the thing that it was was supposed to do, it might be in the process of doing that. Uh, it doesn't always happen overnight. It's not always like you just flip a switch and then everything is different. It, it might take a while for your ritual to take its full effect, but... I know from that day, I started noticing differences. And at first, like, I thought that it, I like, I, I knew that it had been successful, but I did not realize how powerful that ritual was going to be until 
probably a year later. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and that can happen. I've experienced things like that. And I think one of the things that's important to understand with ritual is that sometimes it can have a big impact right up front, and sometimes it can have a delayed impact. Mm-hmm. It can, but it can be life transformative. And well, but the the thing is with this particular thing, I got both experiences. Mm-hmm. I got a big, like it was definitely very powerful at the time. And it meant a lot at the time, but it didn't fully coalesce for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the more formal rituals that I've put on in Aphrodite's temple have included things like the stag hunt mm-hmm. and the call of the wild. We've d- done rituals where we tell stories we did one ritual in the Sacred Harlots where we chose a person or deity mm-hmm. that would become our kind of patron mm-hmm. deity or patron person to give us inspiration. And I know in mine, I chose Baphomet. And Baphomet's definitely quite an inspiration to me. After doing that ritual, up to this day, I'm still learning from that ritual and still getting insights. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a ritual can trigger an ongoing process. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times it's kind of a cascading effect, you know. There's one thing that triggers two things that trigger four things that trigger more and more. And then the major thing happens. And then there's aftershocks that Mm -hmm. go throughout the years sometimes. I think it's through when I really embraced Baphomet, that's when I gave myself permission to embrace my sadistic side Mm -hmm. and realize that there's a paradox in BDSM. Many paradoxes. And oftentimes when I embrace kind of the darker side, it brings out the light in me, Mm -hmm. which seems like such a paradox. (laughs) Yeah. But that's part of the power of ritual Mm -hmm. and BDSM. And I think a BDSM placing is a type of ritual. Oh, it definitely is. It's a very ritualized setting up mm-hmm. the toys setting up the the play area mm-hmm. it's creating that safe space to play in mm-hmm. yeah it has many ritualistic components and it definitely uh gets more ritualistic when you have a regular dom and a regular person that you do bdsm with it's kind of hard to set that up with a person that you're you, you meet at a play party and then y'all just play for a night. But when you develop a relationship that is a dom sub relationship, or even a switch switch relationship, which can be also valid and and very rewarding, where you get comfortable with each other, you come to understand 
each other's things, but also the way that you go about doing BDSM with each other, it becomes familiar. It becomes, you know, normal. There's a certain, there's a rhythm to it, you know, and it's kind of that rhythm that sets the ritual, whether you call it ritual or not, it is a ritual. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to recommend for those that want to explore rituals a little deeper and learn a little bit more about it, Raven Caldera wrote a book, Dark Moon Rising, Mm -hmm. and also Hermaphrodites. He's written quite a number of books, Mm -hmm. but especially those two gets into rituals and some of the darker rituals that help heal Mm -hmm. us and help us grow. Mm -hmm. There's also a book by Dossier Easton and, oh, I forget, uh, Janet Harding, and it's called Radical Ecstasy, and it's a book on how to get into some of the darker side of BDSM and get into some of the rituals and play and... She goes more into just BDSM and spirituality, but ritual's a part of it. So if you want some good frameworks to work from in developing your own rituals, check those books out. And I also wrote in the Dominance Handbook, which I offer on the website, one section is on spiritual aspects of BDSM and how to really get into the spiritual side Mm -hmm. as well as the psychological and psychosexual. Mm -hmm. So I cover a lot of ground in that book. Any sources that have helped you as far as uh, developing rituals or... Um, So most of my experience is uh, experiential. Outside of, with you, experiences that were hard because I were was so young, I kind of hearken back to some of that stuff because it was, it was good and probably would have been better for me if I hadn't been as young. So I go back to those things and then different rituals that I've experienced at CMA and at I I used to do rainbow gatherings a lot and people do rituals out there. I feel a lot more comfortable doing rituals that I have had a part in building and setting up than following. When you're new, it's good to experience somebody else's just to kind of get an idea and a grasp of the concept. I I agree. I'm only speaking from my own personal experience. And another group that's really good that's big into rituals is the Radical Fairies. They put on some amazing rituals. So check out and see if there's a Radical Fairy group near you. There's also many pagan groups and bisexual groups that get into rituals. So check those out if you're interested. I would like to kind of wrap up here. We're already to the top of the hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, time flies. (laughs) What are some of the things that have really opened your mind through ritual or changed 
your whole way of being, or have there been? Uh, oh, there there have been several and many, and I've already shared some of them. Yeah. But I think, honestly, to me, the the power of ritual is that there's a tendency for the mind to kind of just glom onto whatever uh, is presented to it. And whatever is presented to it regularly, the mind follows. And if you know this, then you can guide that action by building ritual into your life and having a specific intent with their ritual and feeding that into your psyche, your brain just kind of picks up on it and just keeps on going through it in a very meta way, in a very recursive way where it just spits out more of the same. And so if you build rituals in your life to build things that you want in your life, your brain just kind of picks up on it and just continues pulling that into your life forever in a beautiful way. I think for me, and it's pretty similar, but I'd like to kind of put it in slightly different words, I think what ritual does for me is it takes me out of my normal day-to-day consciousness and brings me to a higher consciousness, to a higher focus. By practicing these rituals over time, it gets me there faster and helps me and helps guide me through the process of whatever the ritual's intent is. And I have many different rituals that I perform, some daily, like my morning affirmations, or sexual affirmations. And part of that's to change my self-talk, and I've grown so much from that ritual. I mean, I've used to be so down on myself, and now my self-talk is so positive, and, and I see myself as being such a powerful force in this world, being able to help transform the world into a more sex-positive and sex-accepting world. So I'd like to kind of end on that note and just say that explore rituals See where it can take you in your life, especially the sex rituals. They feel so good (laughs) if you're into it. But other rituals are pretty amazing and dynamic, too. And that's where I started. I didn't start with sex rituals. But they did open a whole new world for me. And they opened up a whole new state of being, a whole new consciousness when you get into ritual, you transform. Anything else you'd like to add? So one of the things that I mentioned earlier, but I'd like to to come back to, is that I think that a lot of times it's very easy to get resistant to, to ritual because it 
it seems like this big thing and it it doesn't have to be anything in particular you can build your ritual any way that you want to you already have rituals whether you know it or not if you wake up and brush your teeth and rinse water in your hair or you know splash water in your face use the bathroom cook breakfast make coffee if you already have you know kind of a regimented way of living you're already living a, a ritualistic life and you can use that and extend that in ways to just start incorporating anything into your life any anything that you would like to be and do better create a ritual around it and it doesn't matter what the ritual is it doesn't matter what it looks like it might feel silly at first like especially if it's only for you no one else has to know about it maybe it feels silly the first five days maybe it feels silly the first 10 days but if you keep doing it and you have an intention in mind and you keep at it you can modify the ritual any way that you want at any time during the process and continue modifying your rituals as you go about them these things are not written in stone they don't have to be dogma just keep on doing things with intention every day and if you do that you will live a better life you will be happier you will feel more fulfilled as a human being and i would like to add that one thing ritual does it occurred to me as you were speaking a lot of people go through a type of ritual when they're preparing for a date and one of the things ritual does is it helps us shift into a different mindset especially for when we're getting ready for a date it starts getting us into that mood for romance that mood for love and it helps us get us out of our workday world and into a different mindset a mindset of being intimate and close and sexy <laughs> so with that I wish you a good night. Explore rituals that serve your life. And enjoy your bodies. Explore sex. Live a more sex-positive lifestyle. Embrace sexuality. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with 
freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.